Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1, the writing of the Apostle Paul. Paul writes there, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity to be in this house of worship. Father, we thank you today on this 4th of July, the day that we celebrate our independence, the day that we celebrate our freedom. We thank you, Lord, that we in America still have the freedoms that we do have, and we hold them dear today. And God, we just pray today that we will always have those freedoms, Father. We will be willing to pay the price that uh, needs to be paid that we may have the freedom. Father, we just pray, Lord, for those also, Lord, that might be here today, and though they may be free as far as America is concerned, yet they are bound by sin. They are bound by Satan. Thank you, Lord, that not only do we have freedom as Americans, but we have freedom as Christians. Uh, The Son of God, uh, uh, by what He did on the cross, caused us the opportunity to be free. Lord, anoint us today. Empower us by Your Spirit, we pray, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm inclined to uh, agree with a bumper sticker that was prevalent a few years ago. The bumper sticker simply said, America, love it or leave it. Now, I understand this morning that America has more than its share of problems. And I would be the first this morning to agree that our country has a lot of things wrong with it. And and our country has chosen the wrong path in many areas. And yet, I still believe uh, that America is the greatest nation on earth. There's still a church on just about every single corner. America still leads all nations in missionary zeal, uh, spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. There is still a host of pastors and preachers in this country that have enough backbone that they will stand up on Sunday morning and still declare the truth of the word of God and still stand against sin. And thank God we still have the freedom to do it. My Bible tells me that homosexuality is sin. It's not an alternate lifestyle. We were not born that way, but my Bible calls it sin. My Bible calls it an abomination. My Bible tells me that adultery and fornication is sin. My Bible still reads that pornography and lust is sin and that abortion is sin. It's murder of the unborn. Now, I understand that this kind of preaching may make a lot of Americans mad. I understand that it's not politically correct. But I want to thank God this morning that we still have the freedom to stand this morning and declare, Thus saith the word of the Lord. Oh, I agree this morning America has a lot of problems. Yes, America is choosing the wrong direction uh, in so many different areas. But thank God, listen friend, America has a lot of good in her too. I said this country still has a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot I don't agree with. There's a lot of things that we are doing today. There are some directions that we have taken recently and in years gone by that I think that are not right and we need to change direction in a lot of area. But I'm still thankful that I'm still living in the greatest land. I'm still living in the greatest country and I'm thankful for the freedom that I have today. 
Yes, America has a lot of bad wrong with it, but it also has some good things about it as well. I've heard preachers say for years, well, if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And my response to that is nonsense. That's the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard in my life. Friend, the Bible said that God couldn't even find ten righteous people uh, in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They looked high and low and not even ten righteous people could be found uh, in the cities of, uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not saying God will never judge America. I'm not saying America is everything that it ought to be. I'm not saying, friend, that, uh, that we haven't made some mistakes. I'm not saying there's not a lot wrong with America, but I'm still telling you it's the greatest thing on planet Earth. And And I'm telling you, there's some good things that go along with America as well. And I want us to pause for a few moments this morning and thank God for the many freedoms that we enjoy in this country. I'm glad this morning that I am free today. I'm glad I have choices that I can still make today. Hey, nobody told me what I had to have for breakfast this morning. And nobody fixed me any either. Amen. Nobody told me what clothes I had to wear. There's some people that don't like the clothes I'm wearing, but I still have the freedom this morning to make the choice. I could go to my closet this morning and I could pick out anything in the closet that I wanted to wear that my wife would approve. Amen. Nobody told me what time I had to get up this morning. I had the freedom to go to church or I could have stayed home this morning. It was my choice. Now understand, if I would have chosen to stay home, I might have lost my job. Amen. (laughs) I had the freedom this morning to choose which church that I would attend. The state didn't tell me where I had to go to church. The government didn't tell me where I had to go to church. I had the choice this morning, amen, to go to the church of my choice. And when I leave here today, I can go anywhere and do anything that I want to do. I can live where I want to live if I can afford it. Amen. I can drive the automobile that I choose to drive. I can do the type of work that I like to do. I can visit my family when and where that I want. And the list of freedoms go on and on and on. Oh, yes, there's a lot wrong with America. Yes, I could stand up here and point a lot of accusing fingers and say a lot of negative and bad things. But I want to tell you, there's still some good things going on in our land. Thank God for the United States of America. Give the Lord a shout of praise for the opportunity we have to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, as we celebrate our freedom today, I want, us to, I want to draw your attention to three things about freedom this morning. And the first thing I want us to notice this morning is that freedom isn't free. Freedom isn't Free. How many understand that freedom comes with a high price tag attached to it? America has fought many battles in order to purchase the freedom that you and I enjoy this morning. Oh, those of you this morning that are veterans, those of you that have fought in wars gone by, those of you that are veterans today, thank you for being willing to place your life on the line to preserve our freedom. Let's thank our veterans today. Thank you, veterans, for your willingness to fight for our freedom. 
Let me suggest this morning, it's not only our veterans who have paid a price for our freedom, but each new generation must must step up to the plate and be counted upon. And thank God for people today. Oh, thank God for the veterans of years gone by, but thank God there are still people today. We have at least one here today, amen, who is willing to step up to the plate today and this generation and say, I will be counted and I will pay the price that America may have the freedom she has always had. Friend, every American citizen must pay a price in order to keep the freedom that we have. Moms and dads have given their sons and their daughters in battle. Oh, and all of us, you and I that are here this morning, pay our taxes that supports our soldiers and allows them to go and give their life. Hear me this morning. Freedom isn't free. There's a high price tag attached to freedom. Not only this morning am I thankful for natural freedom, and it is July the 4th, and it is the celebration of, uh, uh, of our independence and of our country and of our freedom uh, in the natural. But friend, I think also this morning, and especially you and I that name the name of Christ, you and I that are here that are, that are the saints of God, not only do we need to be grateful and thankful for our natural freedom, but it's a good day also for us to remember and thank God for the spiritual freedom that we have as well. Thank God for spiritual freedom today. Thank God for freedom from sin that was made possible when Jesus was willing to go to battle. He was willing to fight, amen, unto the death, amen, over the eternal destiny of our soul. Paul wrote in Galatians 5 and 1, our text, Send fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. I'm not free spiritually today by anything I've done. You're not free because of anything you have done. But we have been liberated. We have been set free this morning. We have freedom from sin. And it's only because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, For scarcely for a righteous man one would die. Oh, perhaps for a good man, maybe somebody might dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Story is told about a man that had a cage filled with birds. There was a little boy that happened by and saw him that day and saw this cage filled with all of these birds. And the little boy asked the man, said, how did you get so many birds in this cage? And the man answered the little boy and he said, I lure them into my cage by breadcrumbs. The little boy asked the man, and what are you going to do with all of these birds? And the man responded, I'm going to kill them. Well, it broke the little boy's heart. He couldn't imagine anyone being so mean and so cruel to lure innocent birds into a cage and after luring them in the cage and having the cage filled with birds that he would just destroy them he would kill them for no apparent reason the little boy asked the man he said could I buy your birds could I buy these birds from you oh sure you can the old fellow said the little boy said what would I have to pay you in order for me to to buy the birds in your cage and the man said it would cost you twenty dollars And that jacket that you're wearing. Well, $20 was all the little boy had. He had worked long and hard and saved his money for months on end. And all that he had in this whole world was the $20. The jacket that he had was very, very special to him. It had come as a gift. Slowly, the little boy began to count out his only $20. 
And then even slower, he pulled off his jacket. And he handed the $20 and he handed the jacket to the man. And you guessed it. The little boy opened the door of the cage and let the birds go free. And friend, that's the same thing that it is with Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus purchased our freedom. The devil had us. Sin had us bound. Sin had us in its cage. Sin had us caught. Sin was going to destroy our life. God understood that the only payment that could unlock the cage and set the soul and the spirit of mankind free from sin was the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, verse 12 through 14 says, Always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. For He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and He has transformed us and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom with His own blood and forgave our sin. Hear me this morning. Freedom isn't free. Number one, this morning freedom isn't free. The second thing I want to talk about this morning is the fact that freedom involves faith. Freedom involves faith. Let me understand that a soldier must place his faith and his confidence in his commanding officer. He must believe that his commanding officers know what he's doing. He must simply follow orders saying yes sir and no sir. Sometimes he understands, sometimes he comprehends, sometimes it makes sense to him. And there are other times when, when he might take another route if it was his decision to make. But, but he must simply just do what his commanding officer says. And have faith and confidence and trust in the commanding officer. Friend, to be free from the penalty of sin and its bondages, we too must place our total faith and and our total confidence and our trust in our commanding officer, the Lord Jesus Christ. John 8 and 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Verse number 36, therefore if the Son makes you free, you shall be free. Indeed, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Three things about freedom this morning. Number one, freedom isn't free. Number two, freedom involves faith. Number three this morning, and this is very, very important, that is freedom includes a fight. Freedom includes a fight. Now there are many enemies of freedom. Help me understand that freedom, that enemies do not just lay down and play dead. The enemy doesn't give up without a fight. Freedom includes a fight. At the outbreak of the Revolutionary War, the American statesman Patrick Henry uttered the famous phrase, Give me liberty or give me death. It became a slogan for the Revolution, liberty or death. There were no options. The state motto of New Hampshire, which is on its license plate, reads, live free or die. John F. Kennedy, in his inaugural address in Washington, D.C., January the 20th, 
19 and 61, he stated, Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we will pay any price, we will bear any burden, we will meet any hardship, we will support any friend, we will oppose any foe to assure the survival and success of liberty. Friend, freedom includes a fight. And oh, I'm so glad this morning and so thankful that so far America has been willing to fight. America has been willing, amen, to put their life on the line. America has been willing thus far to do whatever that they have to do in order to preserve the freedom that we enjoy. Talking about the battle for freedom today. A battle must be fought in order for us to be free. But the truth of the matter is this morning there's another battle that also must be fought. And that is a battle that must be fought in order for us to stay free. America remains free today because she has continually been willing to fight. And just as this is so in the natural, so it is so in the spiritual. Jesus fought and Jesus won the battle for our soul on the old rugged cross. And everybody that names the name of Jesus Christ, anyone and everyone that calls on the name of the Lord for salvation can be saved and can be free today from the penalty of sin. Through faith in Christ and His finished work on the cross, we became, we become free from Sin. Look with me this morning, the book of Romans, chapter number, uh, number eight and verses one and two. Paul writes again and he says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who do not walk according unto the flesh, but walk according unto the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Just as Jesus fought and won the battle for our soul on the cross, the battle that freed us from the penalty of sin, the battle that had to be won in order for us to be free. And now you and I this morning, we also are in a battle. The battle to stay free, the battle to keep the freedom, the freedom that Jesus won for us on the cross, the freedom that Jesus bought and paid for us on the cross. You and I today, we must also battle in order to keep the freedom that has been provided for us. Oh, I understand this morning without a shadow of a doubt we could not free ourselves. The only freedom that we could have came only by the fact that Jesus Christ, amen, bought and fought the battle of the cross and won that battle. And because of that, it is a free gift to us. But friend, although that we could not free ourselves, yet there is a part that you and I have to pay in order to remain free, in order for us to stay free. You see, there are enemies, there are enemies, there are enemies of freedom. America has more than its share of enemies. There are many enemies that America has to face and America has to battle and stand against in order to to retain the freedom that she has. And friend, there are many enemies of our soul as well. There are many enemies of our freedom in Christ. There are many free enemies of our salvation. And we must battle these enemies if we are to remain free. The first enemy that we must fight, the first enemy that that would love to strip from us our salvation is Satan. Satan is an enemy, is an enemy that you and I must battle in order to remain free and keep the freedom that Jesus paid for on the cross. 
The Bible tells us what the mission statement is of the devil. It's found in John 10 and 10. And the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let me tell you this morning that that is the mission statement of the enemy of our soul. That is the mission statement of the devil. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He would love more than anything else to strip from us the freedom that we have uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. John 8 and 44, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Pastor, how do I know if the devil's lying? If his lips are moving, he's lying. So many lies that the devil tells us. He lies and tells us all that, that, that we're not saved, that we're lost. Oh, he lies and tells us that we have been too bad to be saved, that, that, that we're just too bad, that, that we've just done too many bad things and too many evil things, and because of that, God can't save us. He lies to us and tells us that God has given up on us, that God has washed his hands of us, that, that we have fallen too many times, that we've tried and failed too many times, that, and we, we've gone too far, and that God has given up on us. But that's a lie of the enemy. Friend, we must constantly do battle with the enemy. He wants to to rob us of our victory. He wants to steal our freedom and our sense of security. The devil loves to point at our past and say to us, Just look. Look what you have done. Look at the mess that you have made of your life. How in the world could a righteous God love you? Let me help you with Satan this morning. The next time the devil points out your past... Just remind him of his future. The book of the Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10 says, The devil was cast into the lake of fire where he will be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever. Yes, friend, the devil will battle us over our freedom in Christ. But just remember, he is a defeated enemy. Another enemy that we must continually battle if we are to remain free in Christ is the saints. The saints. Paul teaches us that salvation comes through faith in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul, he teaches that what man could never ever do for himself, God did for him through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul teaches us that we could never do good enough on our own to be saved. We would know, there's nothing we could ever do to merit salvation. The Apostle Paul teaches in the Bible that the law was given not in order to save us. There was no salvation in the law. The law couldn't save us. But the law was given in order to show us our sin, in order to reveal to us our need of salvation. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And just as some of the saints tried to do in the churches in Galatia in the time of Paul, the same is happening today. Some of the saints today will try and put us back under the law. They will try to condemn us for our liberty and our freedom in Christ. And they will try and make salvation about rules and regulations and requirements. They'll try and make salvation about traditions and customs and personal convictions. About what we wear or what we don't wear. About where we go or where we don't go. What we do or don't do. When we do or don't do church. Galatians 2 and 16. Paul said we are justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. 
I'm telling you this morning, I'm saved today. There's no doubt in my mind that I'm saved. But it's not because I'm perfect. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm righteous. It's not because I've done anything that deserves heaven. But I'm saved today only by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved today only because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. I could never save myself. I could never be good enough or become righteous on my own. But I become the righteousness of God in Christ through my faith and trust and confidence in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. To enjoy the liberty and the freedom that comes only through faith in Christ. We're going to have to battle legalistic saints that try and combine law with grace. That's what they were trying to do in the church of Galatia. In the book of of Galatians. That's what it's all about. Paul came with this glorious message of the uh, uh, gospel of grace. That freely given unmerited love and favor of God. That salvation came by a free gift. And only by a free gift. And that was grand and glorious. And everybody embraced it. And everybody loved it. And everybody was wonderful with it. And appreciated it. But then there came some of the saints and some of the teachers. That tried to say yeah but... Saints that came along and says, but you must add this or you must add that. Or you must add something else to the doctrine of grace. But let me tell you this morning, let me say it clearly this morning, that grace stands alone. Grace stands alone. It's not grace plus works. It's not faith plus good deeds. It's grace plus or minus nothing. Oh, that ought to make you shout this morning. Uh, Amen. It's not grace plus works. It's not faith plus good deeds. It's grace plus or minus nothing. It's faith in Christ and His atoning work plus or minus absolutely nothing. Amen. Salvation depends 100% upon Christ and what He did on the cross and absolutely nothing to do with me. Friend, we must not confuse salvation with Christian maturity. We must not confuse works as a natural byproduct of salvation. Oh, I do not do good works in order to be saved, but I do good works because I am saved. I do good works because, amen, I am saved because it's a natural byproduct. I look a little bit like my parents and I act a little bit about my parents because they are my parents. Because I came from them. And no matter how I might try and look otherwise and act otherwise, I look and I act much like them because that's where I came from. Let me tell you this morning, when we become washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, when the Spirit of God begins to come in and take up residence in our heart and in our life, we'll begin to start looking like and acting like our Heavenly Father. Amen. We'll start looking and acting like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because what is on the inside will come on the outside. We don't do it to get saved, but because we are saved, that is a natural byproduct, amen, of our salvation. We talked about it last week. We'll be saved or lost based solely upon whether we accept or reject Jesus Christ as our Savior. We will be rewarded or not rewarded. It's not that works don't count. It's not that works are not important. Works are very important. Number one, they are a byproduct of our salvation. Amen. It is a, one of the proofs that we are saved. Because when we are saved, we'll start acting that way. Doesn't mean we'll be perfect, but we'll begin to act more like our Father. We'll begin to, the old will pass away and behold, all things will become new. 
But works are important not only because they're a byproduct of salvation, but like we learned last week, our rewards are going to be solely based upon whether or upon our works. Friend, just as a battle had to be fought in order for us to be free, so a battle continues to be fought in order for us to remain free. Satan will battle us for our freedom in Christ. The saints will battle us over our liberty and our freedom in Christ. One other this morning enemy that we will have to battle in order to stay free, and that is the enemy of self. Somebody said, I have met the enemy. And I am he. I met the enemy and I am he. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. I believe that much that we blame the devil on has nothing to do with the devil. He doesn't get credit for any of it. Amen. It's, we brought it on ourselves. Friend, people that have a low self-esteem have a very difficult time enjoying their freedom in Christ. They never feel worthy of Christ. The truth of the matter is this morning, none of us are worthy. It doesn't matter what your self-esteem is this morning, none of us are worthy. You see, this is what separates God's love from every other kind of love. Because God's love is unconditional. God loves us unconditionally. Now, man's love is totally conditional. Conditional. You know, man loves those who loves him back. Yeah. We tend to love people that love us. We love to join the mutual admiration society. We all like to be a member of that club. We all tend to love those that love us back. Remember when you are in grade school? I guess they still do this. I don't know. But when I was in grade school, when you liked someone, you know, you're a boy and you like this little, little girl. And, and, you know, so what you would do is you'd write a note. And, and, and you'd have one of your buddies deliver the note. I don't know if they still do that anymore or not. But we used to write notes to the one that we liked. And, and the note went something like this. I love you. Do you love me? If you do, check yes. And you'd have a square there for them to check. If you don't, check no. How many ever wrote a letter like that? The rest of you lie about anything. Well, I didn't write my letters like everybody else wrote. I wrote mine. I love you. Do you love me? If you do, check here. And there's a square there. If you don't, check here. But always at the bottom of my notes, I would write, If you don't love me, I hate your guts. (laughs) That's what man's love is all about. It's a conditional love. Man loves those that love him. Man loves those that are willing to, to love him back. Man tends to love the people he is attracted to. He's attracted to. Amen. My wife has a wonderful personality, but that's not what attracted me to her. Good thing she is pretty and had good legs. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, it still does. Amen. You know, my dad, he was, he was a pastor and he was always trying to get us to, you know, to, to date the right girls, you know. Well, first of all, when I was growing up, I was a preacher's kid. I couldn't, I couldn't date anybody outside the church. Couldn't do it. At least I couldn't tell them that's who I was doing. <laughs> so I had to be somebody within 
The church. And when we were talking about the church, we weren't talking about the church. We were talking about our little church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and dad would always say, especially my big brother. My dad was always picking somebody out to my big, for my big brother to, to date. And, uh, and my brother was never attracted to, to them. And, and my dad would always say, son, son, beauty is only skin deep. But me and my two brothers would always say, Dad, but ugly goes clear to the bone. I mean, understand that, that man's love is conditional. Man loves the people he's attracted to. Man loves the people that loves him back. Man loves those who are, un, who are lovable. Who are lovable. Oh, but Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, though while we were laden with the, the sin of the world, while we were unlovable, amen, when we didn't love Him, He loved us anyway. Amen, when we weren't lovable, He loved us anyway. When we were in sin, He loved us anyway. Because His love is an unconditional love. Don't beat yourself up over your faults and your failures. Listen, hear, hear me this morning. And Satan and legalistic saints will do plenty of that for you. Instead, be grateful to God for His unconditional love, constantly thanking Him for His grace and His mercy. Understanding that grace means God gives us what we don't deserve. Grace means God gives us what we don't deserve. Salvation, gifts and blessings and favor. Grace, God gives us what we don't deserve. But God also extends mercy to us. Mercy means God withholds from us what we do deserve. Like judgment and condemnation. We're talking about the battle for freedom today. Friend, just as there was a battle to be fought in order for us to be free, so a battle must continually be fought in order for us to remain free in order for us to stay free. Let me tell you, you're not going to enjoy the freedom in Christ without a battle. You're not going to enjoy the freedom in the Lord without a fight. Let me tell you that the enemy of your soul will put up a fight. He come to steal and kill and to destroy. The saints of God will try and rip from you the liberty you have in Christ. They'll try and tell you that in order to be saved, you've got to do this or that or something else. You've got to, you know, you've got to uh, conform to their little mold. You've got to look the way they want you to look and act the way they want you to act. And they get very legalistic and they put rules and regulations upon you. But my Bible says that the Lord has set me free from the bondage of the law. Amen. I'm not under law today, but I'm under grace. That doesn't give me freedom to, to sin. But I have liberty in the Lord today. And my salvation is determined only upon what He did for me on the cross. Hallelujah. And then our own self. We need to watch out for our own self. The teaching and the training that we've got in the past that was legalistic and was bondage. Amen. That was anti-grace and anti-mercy. Amen. Listen, friend, if we're not careful, we can be our own worst enemy. Amen. We need to be grateful and thankful today for the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, today is the 4th of July. It's a day that we celebrate the birth of our nation. The day that we celebrate and thank God for our freedom. It's a day that we honor those that have given their lives in order to provide and to maintain the freedom that we have. But let me say this morning that even more than natural freedom, you and I need to celebrate our spiritual freedom. Honoring the one that fought and won the battle for us. None other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Remembering this morning as the 
worship team gets back in place this morning, three things about freedom. Number one, this morning freedom isn't free. What a price was paid that you and I in America might have the freedom that we have today. But let me tell you that an even greater price was paid on Golgotha's Hill, on the cross. Amen. In order for us to have freedom from sin. Freedom isn't free. Freedom involves faith. The soldier must put his total faith and trust and confidence in that commanding officer relying upon him and doing anything and everything he says, saying yes sir and no sir. And thus it ought to be with us this morning, you and I that have freedom in Christ, it comes through faith, our absolute faith and trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, freedom includes a fight. Not only was there a fight for our freedom, but there's a fight on a daily basis that we must be willing to, to battle and to go to battle for on a daily basis that we may keep and retain the freedom not only that we have as American citizens in the natural but also the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ freedom from Satan and freedom from sin and freedom from its penalty Father we thank you today Father I thank you first of all today Father for the freedom that I have to live in America the land of the